This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to Space Waffles. I'm Arzu. And I'm Candace. And today we are talking about a subject that is very near and dear to my heart, and that is baby boy Obi-Wan Kenobi, specifically in books. So it's near and dear to my heart all around. So we are also talking- my heart. How dare you exclude me? I did not mean to say it to, that it excludes you, but Obi-Wan Kenobi is my first love, specifically teenage Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, actually same. He was Luke like- Skywalker was your first love. Don't yeah, give then- me that. Like, yeah, but then I turn, but then it got to 1999 and I realized I grew up. We love Obi-Wan Kenobi. We are here to talk Obi-Wan Kenobi. We're talking Jedi Apprentice. We're talking Padawan. We're talking baby boy Obi-Wan. So Padawan. Padawan. <laughs> Padawan was written by Kristen White, who wrote um, Eyes of the Empire. And from a certain point of view, the Empire Strikes Back. Yes, she did. It is, listen, it was, I think it's one of my favorite books now, like my favorite Star Wars books, full stop. Padawan, if you have not read it, I highly recommend it. Also, spoilers, we're going to be spoiling this book all over the place. Um, But it is so, so good. It's 16-year-old Obi-Wan Kenobi. It. She said that her aim with this book was to make it feel like it had always been part of Obi-Wan's story. And I don't know about you, Candace, but I very much got that vibe that I can see how this kid became the adult we see in The Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah, definitely. And there was like little hints and little winks. Like he says um, to somebody, he's like, I'll never have a Padawan worse than me, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, just like when he says Anakin's going to be the death of him. And I'm like, oh, no. Obi-Wan Kenobi has this weird ability for foresight. Um, for like self-fulfilling prophecies in a way in the like, saddest possible way exactly. so so the story of padawan for those who need a refresher for those who haven't read it is 16 year old obi-wan is feeling very constrained at the jedi temple because all his friends get to do really cool shit and he is stuck at the temple and qui-gon doesn't seem all that inclined to take him anywhere um so while poking around the temple he finds directions to a mission log from a Jedi named Orla Jereni. For our High Republic lovers, we have uh, Orla crossover here, um, where Orla has logged her travels to a remote planet that requires like a lot of intense navigation. It's not easy to get to, but she never finished her mission. So Obi-Wan basically pitches this idea to Qui-Gon. He's like, can we go find out what she was studying, what she was all about? And Qui-Gon says, fine. But on the day they're supposed to leave, Qui-Gon doesn't show and because Obi-Wan is a teenager and has a burst of youthful rebellion, he takes the ship, he goes on his own, he arrives on this planet, and it there is nobody there except for a group of teenagers. It's children living, of the corn. Maybe four sensitive teenagers. This is what it looks like to Obi-Wan at first. So, so yeah, so this is basically the story is him on this planet kind of deciding if he wants to stay with these kids if he wants to leave and go back to the temple, does he even have a place at the temple? Um, and sort of just kind of figuring out, figuring himself out. And of course, we all know, obviously, that he's going to go back to the temple. We've seen this story already. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you go into this. But it's the mark of a good story where, like, we know how it ends. We know he's going to go back. But it's got you invested in the journey of it. Like, what 
prompts him wanting to go back and sort of what is the, what is the process there? So. so I would yeah. like to say um, him flying. I feel like this experience is what makes him not like flying. It's actually, that's from Master and Apprentice. Oh, I forgot about that. He's a good, like he flies in this and he yeah, does he's a really a good job. He's a good flyer, like in, even though he hates it, like in Revenge of the Sith, he's like in that. He's good block at guy, it. Blockade, and we see in the Clone Wars too, but he just doesn't like it. So I'm like, is this the start of it? I totally forgot about Master and Prentice. Master and Apprentice, like something goes wrong and he's like, you know what? This is not all it was cracked up to be. Not for me. Which is a good thing that Master and Apprentice happened after this, because if it had happened before, I don't know that he would have survived. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, so one thing that both Candace and I felt, and I'm sure we're not alone in this, is that Padawan really has Jedi Apprentice energy. Yeah, there was a vibe. And for those Which, who maybe don't know, Jedi Apprentice was a it's a series of 18 books plus two specials um, from like the early 2000s. It was a Phantom Menace era. The first book actually was published May 3rd, 1999. Okay, so, so right around The Phantom Menace then. Right around The Phantom Menace because they're like, let's get to know, you know, these kids. I remember, um, I think the Scholastic Book Fair had them. So, you know. It, I had the junior novelization of The Phantom Menace and it was a sample chapter of, this, of the first one at the back. And I was like, oh, baby, Obi-Wan, they made a book about him. And then I didn't actually get to read it till last year, uh, this year this year but that's okay but um so these books basically follow teenage obi-wan's like 13 14 15 years old um at the jedi temple it's the beginning of his apprenticeship with qui-gon and full disclosure i've only read the first half of the series so far i intend on reading the back half before the year is over but um the early books are very concerned with Obi-Wan not knowing what his place is at the Jedi Temple, not knowing what his place is as Qui-Gon's apprentice, and sort of really questioning whether or not this life is for him. And that's a big question that he asks in Padawan as well, which I think is part of the reason why it feels like it's always been a part of his story. Because yeah. it doesn't matter when we're talking about Obi-Wan, he's always questioning his place. There is also um, the fifth book, uh, The Defenders of the Dead. And it also has like these teenage, they're actually like fighters. They're part of a revolt. And he's like, mm, should I stick with these kids or should I go back with my master? And okay, so, so the, the cool thing about Defenders of the Dead is that, first of all, he decides to stay. Like he does oh, leave yeah, the Jedi does. Order very, very briefly. Like not in that book. He leaves at the end and then the next book mm -hmm, is like, yeah. kind of deals with the fallout of that. But unless I have that backwards. I think you're right. Yeah. Unless Defenders of the Dead is the one where he has left already. But the point is that there's this two book arc where they're on a plant on, on this planet called M Melita Dan. And there's this group of kids who... Obi-Wan leaves the Jedi Order to fight alongside and they are carrying kind of like the burden of their parents and like the generational trauma of centuries of war with them to the point where they can't conceive of life any other way. And one thing that Padawan really has in common with that is these kids on this planet were brought, they were brought there by their parents. They weren't born there, but they, right? I think some of them were born there. Some of them were born there and some of them were brought, but they also cannot conceive of living any other way. Yeah. Their parents died there. So they think in, 
they died slowly or like it seems like yeah like quickly, they got sick quote unquote yeah. and obviously it's not quite what happened but yeah so they feel very connected to the planet and they're like our parents didn't leave why should we yeah so and it's also got that energy too that like a lot of the Jedi Apprentice books have not just Defender, Defenders of the Dead where Obi-Wan winds up on a, on a planet with people about his age and the question doesn't only become what's my place in the Jedi Order but the it kind of becomes how do I help people without losing myself in the process and without like kind of fundamentally overhauling everything that makes them who they are. Yeah. And I think it's both like the first times that Obi-Wan meets people outside of the Jedi order Mm -hmm. or like around his age too. And it's just, you know, seeing a different way of living. Yeah. Because we find out in Padawan, well in Padawan, the majority of what Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are doing is meditating. And yeah. Which I find something a 16 year old is all that interested in. Yeah. Which I find funny is like, Anakin doesn't like to meditate either. And Obi-Wan's like meditate. I think it's in Clone Wars or something. (laughs) It's because Obi-Wan has learned the purpose of meditation. Like Anakin just, I think if Anakin had lived, Anakin would have eventually gotten to that point. Yeah. He's like, let's meditate. And so, cause like, let's not like, I think if they had lived long enough. Yeah. I feel like, like in the Clone Wars, Obi-Wan was like, "Mm, I'm going to teach this girl how to meditate. Cause Anakin is not going to do it. He can teach her how to fly, but cause Obi-Wan likes to fly. Yeah. But, uh, another thing from the Jedi apprentice, which, um, Siri was actually also mentioned in brotherhood briefly, but she actually, yes. A few lines yeah yeah so so um, Siri is a, yeah in legend she and in now canon form she's a jedi padawan at this point who grew up with obi-wan around the same age i miss bant though his other friend um who was in the earlier books before siri showed up mm-hmm. i miss her very much and if anybody wants her to come back to canon um i would like that as well thank you um but I love when they do this and they, they do it naturally too. It's still like mm-hmm. pays homage to legends, but like it makes sense in this timeline. You just like, you pull the bits that you need, right? Yeah. Like, and I, think- I really in love with the way Thrawn is in Disney, the Rebels. Like, yeah. Cause it's organic, cause it makes mm-hmm. sense. And I like, yeah, I like the way that, especially in Padawan, the way Kirsten White kind of draws from all over so like she draws from legends she brought i mean she didn't bring siri in because it came a little earlier with brotherhood but like she incorporates siri into the story and like she's got orla and an offhand reference to comac like they are there because they all sort of exist in the same world in the same continuity and you feel that here like the high republic i think initially felt so disjointed from everything else because of because there's no crossover except like yoda but now, like, w- with little incorporations like this, like, of course, Orla's notes are still at the temple and a Padawan can find them. Like, that makes sense. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And it's not, it doesn't feel pushed, you know? Yeah. It's natural, which I loved. Which I and think, like, a when lot she of mentioned, us- oh, sorry, When she mentioned Elzar, I was like, oh, Arzu. Oh, my God. Okay. At the end, when she's, like, leaving notes, like, I guess I'll have to come back and finish my mission later because I have to take... Elzar on a meditative retreat. I was like, oh no. 
one thing I think we just need to talk about because it's kind of the, the part of the book that exploded um, for better or worse is Obi-Wan's sexual orientation. Okay, can I say, I waited to read this until like a, a few days before we recorded because like my brain will just go through things mm-hmm. and I'll forget. But when I got to it, I was like, that's it? Because people were making like, not not the joyful side, but like the hateful side was making such a big deal out of it. I, I was like... It's you can even interpret it a different way, you know. Like you don't. It's not outrightly sad. It's not. I, it's not because it never is in YA Star Wars, and I think that's a shame. I think it could be, but I think it's one of those things. I was talking about this with a friend about something different. It wasn't Star Wars. It was like I'm like it's one of those references where like if it's for you, you'll see it. Yeah. Like if you know, you know. Like. The oh, so Obi Wan in this book basically, we sort of get pseudo indirect confirmation that Obi Wan is both bisexual and possibly on the asexual spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I read it more demi. as demi. I read, I read it immediately as demisexual because I'm like, because it's not the whole like he he says he couldn't have a physical relationship without a relationship. Well, his whole thing is, like, he's not sure if he can have one because of the Jedi Order, because he's prioritizing that. And, like, it's like he could, if he wanted to, probably with Siri, if he, if she, if, if he was interested. He's like, she probably would be. Yeah, because he says that a lot of Padawans, they dabble. They get physical, yeah. you know, because the physical part is not the issue. It's the attachment part, which Anakin... Anakin's just like, I don't recognize this as a problem at all. He should have hit it and quit it. You didn't have to freaking marry him. That's the thing. Why did you freaking marry him after three days? I understand it's love, but they were in love. Oh my God. It's wartime. Here's my thing with with Demi Obi Wan because, like, I myself am demisexual. And the way I, and I think I talked over you, but you said same, right? Yeah. I'm a Desi Demi. But the way, like the way this jumped out at me, I was on a plane trying to stop myself from screaming because like a character just being like, I could do this and I could have a relationship, but I have these other priorities. And then the fact that his mind immediately went to a friend and was like, well, I could have it with them, but like I have other stuff going on and I don't know like really if that's a priority. And I'm like, yeah, that's, I have never seen my feelings summed up so well. Yes. And like, and like that way, like it does take Satine into account too, where like they did have a relationship and like they were together for a year. Like, I don't think they were in a relationship for a year. No. I just think they were in the same space for a year, which would then absolutely track with demisexuality if, if they were together for a while and then he's like, the attachment grew and the the trust grew and then a relationship grew from there. Yeah. And you can see those two stubborn people taking forever to realize their relationship, realize their feelings too. So well, that's, that the, other thing. that's yeah. the other so thing. I, think, I feel like he didn't even want to talk about it. Yeah. I feel like by the very end, 
they hooked up and that's it they didn't say anything yeah because... well because had she said the word <laughs> exactly and but you know my favorite thing um with the bisexuality side or pansexuality because i think we've we've said often enough on this show that like it is very arrogant to assume that anybody in star wars is straight unless they specify that they are because come on now but like, um, also just like with all the aliens and then there's aliens that are asexual and it's just like there's it's, just it's just too big a galaxy for anybody to solely be interested in like one specific one specific gender and gender and sex and, and species. species it's just it's just too too big a galaxy but i did think it was very funny that obi-wan and um, castle the teen castle i don't know the teenage boy in this community um looking at like Custel's sister and her partner and they're just kind of talking about the idea of kissing and it's like well i guess they seem to like it i don't know what the big deal is though i don't know should we kiss maybe we'll come back to it let me think about it let me get back to you and i'm just laughing my head off because that is the most business-like way and also somehow the most obi-wan kenobi way to go about kissing somebody where it's like let me think about it I'll get back to you. But, but it's a very teen thing. It's like, <laughs> we should try it maybe, you know, just to see how it is. Kind I feel of like thing. there's two kinds of teenagers. The ones who are just going to go for it and the ones who are like, hmm. Let me, let me. It. Yeah, let's talk about it first and then go for it. So, okay. So that's that was that, um, that portion of the book, which honestly I think takes up less than a page. <laughs> yeah i know that's it, why it i was like page. that's why i was like that was it like that's i was expecting something more the way that certain people were reacting and making half hour youtube videos about it <laughs> which honestly like it sucks that they're monetizing their hate but like thank you for the hilarious reaction images yeah because we don't have like, to do it ourselves now we know he's uh the only romance we know Obi-Wan being in is with a woman, like, canonically. It's just they they need to know. They need to know that, like, their man is has only ever been interested in, like, women. And it's realistically with these people, white women. Like, that's, you know what I mean? So we have devoted enough time yeah, to their hate. For something that's we We are here. We're here for, for the Demi, Demi Obi-Wan. Yes. I am so happy that my fave is is under the ace umbrella as I am. That makes me very happy. Yeah. It's like good to be represented. And yeah. More it, of this. More of this. It makes sense. It makes perfect sense with what we know about him from him in Clone Wars. From what we know about him in general. Like yeah. just... I, this is going to turn like therapy on demisexuality now, but we're just, I'm just going to go for it. I don't know if you find this, but like I find that while I'm not opposed to any of this, like romance, whatever, that I find my priorities are often taken up elsewhere. And it's just, there's other things to think about. There are other considerations. And Obi-Wan has always struck me that way. And Ray has always struck me that way. Is that like, they're not opposed to it they both have canonical romances but and and they grow up in very different circumstances so it's not a circumstantial thing it's just there are other things that occupy more of their attention at any yeah. given moment 
I mean, with Obi-Wan, definitely, Ray, I can make an argument that she is just a trauma child, mm -hmm. which could be one of the reasons why she is, she could be that way, which, you know, but Obi-Wan especially. And also, like, I don't want to go into, like, religious um, fanatics and things like that, but the way you're raised away, too, is, but, like... Yeah. The way he is raised too like that's a big part of how he's thinking about it in this yeah and i feel like it makes sense like he was also just questioning like do i want to go back if yeah. i can't even go back you know yeah that's a that's it's like one of the many questions he's asking like is there he has left he has walked away from his master from his friends from his order and he's like he doesn't know whether the order has the capacity to forgive him and let him come back. I feel like I'm guessing all the Jedi go through this at some point, especially at this I age. Feel like, I feel like they do, which is why I feel like Qui-Gon wasn't worried. Yeah. He's like, it's fine. He'll come back. <laughs> I mean, even though like his master is Dooku, who definitely did leave. I mean, which speaking of which, Dooku had a short little cameo in here. He did? He did. He did. Right he had a cameo like right up against the High Republic mention. So the High Republic oh one God. kind of took over my brain. Well, me, my Clone Wars prequel brain is like, oh my God, it's Dooku. I was like, Dooku, Orla. And it's just like, whoop. Like, well, okay, let's talk about. Orla. Can we talk about like the Jedi Padawan situation? Is Qui Gon, well, Obi Wan finds out that. Qui-Gon didn't pick him. Yoda assigned him to. Mm -hmm. um, so he didn't want a Padawan, which is just like the Jedi Apprentice books too, which the reason is in the Jedi Apprentice books is that Qui-Gon's last apprentice, Zan Xanatos. I love Xanatos. <laughs> of course you do. Shocked. My shock. I was so day. sad he died halfway through the series. I'm like, I thought he was going to be right to the end. So this Alas. was... This was before Dooku was created and he was Qui-Gon's master, I believe. Like, this wasn't part of the lore. Yeah, this was before. Yeah, so... Yeah, so Qui-Gon's like, mm, I'm not going to take another one, but nobody wanted poor Ophi one Kenobi because that's what they called him because he was very clumsy. Yeah. But I like this one, like... He is, like, one of the best Jedi, you know. Yeah. He's just having a lot of um, insecurity with his master because, like you were saying, like, all his friends' masters are, like, have a special place for them in their um, living area, you know? While Qui-Gon's, like, go meditate, dude. <laughs> you know, on just couch. <laughs> deal with it. Yeah. And so he finds out, like, he wasn't even wanted because usually there is, like, the Jedi pick their padawans mm -hmm. which makes sense like we see in like the clone wars like kifisto has a i forget his padawan's name but he's also like he's a mon calamari so he's also like water-based mm -hmm. and like barris is chosen by um luminara yeah luminara they're the same um species and except you know what anakin also did not get to choose his Padawan. 
But I think with Anakin, he didn't choose a Padawan because he thought he was too young for a Padawan. One. And two, it's wartime. And he had just, just, just been made a knight. Yeah. So it's like really soon for Anakin. But but like Obi-Wan requested one. But Obi-Wan wasn't going to choose. He was like, Yoda, get me what you got. Yeah. Which I think... (laughs) because it's wartime i think it's wartime he's like i'll just i'll take somebody just like how like anakin was kind of rushed through the jedi knight through the knighting it was he was a it was a battlefield promotion which honestly is how obi-wan got knighted too was a battlefield promotion granted he was 25 and he deserved he was ready but like took down maul like that was his trial was taking down maul yeah just like yoda's like yeah that was your trial we don't got to do anything just like after Ahsoka like is almost killed for like a crime she did commit, Yoda's like, that was wait. Um, just like in Clone Wars, where Ahsoka like nearly was like executed for a crime she didn't commit, Mace and Yoda are like, that was your trial. Congrats, surprise. And <laughs> I are so messy. It's just it was just like I was just like thinking about this like lineage, the jet this Jedi line and what a hot mess it is. And like the what the Yoda Dooku Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, Anakin, Ahsoka okay. line. Yeah, and then it's also Obi-Wan, Luke. mess right down to the Solo bottom. line, too. It branches off that way. You didn't even think about that, did you? I didn't even think that it branches off at Obi-Wan, yeah. Yeah, and also Yoda, kind of, too, because, I mean, Luke was... like me. Luke never had a chance. He's got double the mess. I no know. No wonder Ben Solo ended up the way he did. I know. <laughs> Mace Windu's just watching as a force goes. Being like, Mace Windu's like, I told y'all. This family was messy. Yeah. Well, he's like looking at like Ezra over there. Be like, that's my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> but Qui-Gon. <laughs> Qui-Gon. So going back to Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. I was a little disappointed we didn't get as much Qui-Gon in here. But I mean, we have Master and Apprentice, so. Yeah. Which I think is Master and Apprentice, I think in my mind was going to be an Obi-Wan Qui-Gon book. And it wound up being very much a Qui-Gon book, Mm -hmm. which I think makes sense because Claudia Gray really likes Qui-Gon. She said as much. So yeah. So that made sense. So it was nice that like Obi-Wan got his moment, especially because like brotherhood is very much an Obi-Wan and Anakin book. It's very much both of their stories. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I love this book, but I think I like brotherhood still more because it focused more on a, a relationship that I cared about. Yeah. Which, which totally makes sense. Like that's why I like brotherhood is because it focused on who they are to each other. Yeah. But why I like this one so much is it, we haven't gotten an in Obi-Wan's head character study for this long ever, because even Jedi apprentice shares time with Mm Qui-Gon, which one thing I find common between between Padawan and the Jedi Apprentice books that like I like that Kirsten White kept is we've kind of touched on it but Obi-Wan's like insecurity yeah as a Padawan like not just is there a place for me in the temple but kind of like want like sort of wanting to be the ideal apprentice for Qui-Gon and wanting to be the ideal Padawan and kind of like his competitiveness with his friends and this is all like these kind of rash emotional behaviors that I don't think we expect from adult Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. But it's it nice sense. that like he wasn't perfect like from the yeah. get-go because that's not very interesting. No, and I really appreciate that like this is a young adult novel mm-hmm. about a young adult. Yes. 
and it works so well in that regard. Yes, I agree. I think um, one place that Star Wars young adult and to some extent the middle grade books can tend to struggle is where their characters are older, like significantly older than the age group the book is aimed at. Yeah. So like the High Republic middle grade books, I think are the first middle grade books to really focus on that age demographic character wise. Mm -hmm. Before that, they were all adults. Yeah. It's just a simpler story. And I guess, well, I guess the other, the other young adult books are focused on teenagers. I guess that's not true. But, but I, I really like where like the Star Wars books are going in this regard is like, this is a young adult book. That's also Star Wars because mm -hmm. it's about young adult issues and thoughts and things like that. Just like how The Princess and the Scoundrel is a romance book. Yes. That's also a Star, also Wars, a Star book. Wars book. You know, it's like, yeah. it's in these genres and it does it well, but it's also in this galaxy we love, which is really cool. Let's talk decks. What a surprise. <laughs> a minor to a diner. Like, Did you come up with that? Yeah. Very proud of you. Thank you. I like my rhymes. <laughs> Listen, Dex walked out of that shit. And this is like a month after I'd read Brotherhood. And I was like, yeah. oh, shit. It's Dex. <laughs> no, didn't we literally say, like, when we we're talking about Brotherhood in our live stream, we're like, we need a Dex origin story. How does he know Obi-Wan? How does he, you know, like. Did we say that? Yeah. Well, there we go. I said, I know I said it. I said, I want a Dex like origin story. Like I need to know how he like also knows so much about Obi-Wan, like how he could tease him about Satine. Like they obviously are close. So they, again, a battle born friendship. Like he did something that bonded him and Obi-Wan together, which was say, help him I save think, these children. I think that I was assumed they met on Coruscant. Yeah, I, like, I assumed like he was a diner there. all the time. Well, because like I'm like either he went to his diner when he was little, or yeah. like there's a lot of crime on Coruscant. Maybe they send out the Jedi Padawans like to deal with local problems before they send them away. Mm -hmm. I just assumed they had met there. This was cool. This was like I don't know. They're up to hijinks like before they even make it to Coruscant. Yeah, and I love that Dex is like hmm. If I'm going to open a diner, where should it be? Coco Town. Yeah. It's just like saying Coco Town. And um, I like that it's, I thought, oh, maybe like Dex knew Qui-Gon or something like that. But no, it's like an Obi-Wan. Yeah. Like, it's his friend. Oh, it's also like why Obi-Wan was willing to trust like Dex with like these, like information, like a dart that, you know, probably is a secret. Like he's on like a mission for the Republic, but he's going to this guy who runs a diner, you know. I like I love it. Like I think when I saw the movie, I just kind of assumed it was like the like the crime thing where you know the detective mm -hmm. has a friend who like owns a bar and like he goes into the seedy bar and just like it's a it's a trope thing. Yeah, I figured like Dex was like a former something and yeah. he like settled down in retirement as a diner. Like he like you know, but then they like really lean into this friendship. It's like it's I don't know. Origin stories like this that we said it earlier, like her pulling from all these stories all over the place, like really makes sense. Yeah. So like it feels all very organic and I don't think this was any exception. Yeah. And I think it really shows too, like the extent to which, 
Kirsten White and Mike Chen, like kind of, they've talked about this, like they were, you know, their books were being written at the same time. They're kind of working together, them and Adam Christopher, who wrote Shadows of the Sith, um, which doesn't have quite as much to do with this as the other two have to do with each other. But they all kind of wrote them at the same time. We're kind of working on it together. And it shows in the way that like Dex's friendship with Obi-Wan in Brotherhood and in this feel like very much like part of the same story. Yes. Can I tell you the part that just made me laugh? Like, please. So hard. Um, when Obi-Wan comes back and, and to Coruscant, to the Jedi mm-hmm. Temple, and Qui-Gon's there. And he's like, wait, did you, like, did you mean to have me go by myself? And, like, Qui-Gon's like, I just slept in. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. But I just, like, heard Liam's voice. Say it also, you know? Well, I just slept in. Yeah. It's like, no big. But I think especially that we got this shortly after we got the Obi-Wan finale. I don't know. Time is meaningless. It was after, right? Well, yeah, a few weeks because this um, came out on July 28th, I believe. Came out that late? Um, let me triple check. Yeah, it did. Oh, my God. um, July 26th. I'm sorry. I lied. Yeah. And the Obi Wan series was done in the beginning we, of. It's because mid- we got we got it at the start of like at the end of June, start of July. So I just yeah. forgot that that's. Um, Brotherhood came out before the Kenobi book, uh, Kenobi series. Yes. That's so one. this having come out, even to us, like having come out after Obi Wan ended, and after we've got that moment of like Qui-Gon showing up in the desert and being like, I've, I've always been here. You just couldn't see me. Like it just added so much more to it. Cause it's like, it's not just in a- like after death that he's always been there, but it's kind of like, yeah. he's always been there his whole life. He has always been a part of him. He has always been supporting him. He has always been like there for him. Yeah. And just him being like, like you need to learn it for yourself. That's exactly this is like clearly always his approach yeah like it is selfish of me because we have this and we have master and apprentice and i have and we even have jedi apprentice even though it's not canon anymore but their relationship like obi-wan and qui-gon is one that i have not had my fill of yeah that's why i wanted a little bit more and but this feels like you know maybe there's you know could be another story after this you know I would be, I would be very, very willing for that. I don't know what they'd call it, but like if Kirsten White wanted to write a follow-up that was like another similar adventure, mm-hmm. like Mandalore, like write the year on Mandalore. Stuff <laughs> why why did it there. take me so long to get there? I know. I was like, what was it? What was the council telling you about? Like all of this, all of this stuff, like if, if they want to get into if they want to bring Xanatos into canon. I feel like that's too much. I feel like they should do it. I feel like having Dooku and Xanatos being like, Qui-Gon's like, I'm cursed. Yes. Yes. Have that be a thing. And have that be part of the reason Qui-Gon is afraid to open himself up to Obi-Wan. Even though technically Dooku, they don't think he's a Sith. They just think no, he's a fallen. They just think he's... he decided to leave and pursue a career in politics. So Qui-Gon doesn't even think that's a curse. Yeah. But what if well, Xanatos he... comes back? 
with his with his dark hair and his face scar and his like daddy issues. <sighs> Bucky just woke up and he's staring at me. He's like, "What did she Bucky just knows say? I'm right. He knows I'm objectively correct. And then Xanatos is the best. Xanatos just always makes me think of the Gargoyle series. Xanatos. It makes me think of Twitches, which I don't think was the intention. <laughs> I can't wait till but we cover those. I'm very excited for that. But coming back to Star Wars now. Any final thoughts? Other thoughts on Padawan? Um, it was sad. Obi-Wan when it ended. What? It's sad Obi-Wan Summer. Like Sad Obi-Wan Summer. I agree. Yeah. I can't believe exactly. sad Obi-Wan Summer is coming to an end. I know. We were so blessed. Like Okay. To have this much A-plus content. Of our favorite character. I don't like calling it content, but I don't know what else to call it. Media? Media. Story, this many A-plus stories about arguably one of the oldest characters in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. To have it still be relevant. To have it become increasingly relevant both to like younger audiences and to people who like grew up with him like we did i i cannot believe how lucky we are yeah and just like personally he's like our fave too and it's like yeah how did we get blessed with this and then there's tales of the jedi and i don't know if he's going to be in that at all i think dooku is right dooku yeah i know ahsoka and anakin are i feel like is it dooku and qui-gon or is it dooku and yoda it's Qui-Gon, because remember Liam Yes, yes, stuff. yes, yes. Okay, so we are getting some more Qui-Gon. Yeah. What if we get Xanatos? Oh my god, stop it. Yeah, so yeah, so it's not quite over, but we're not sure if we're getting Obi-Wan in that. So I think sad Obi-Wan summer is coming to an end, unfortunately. But there's plenty of time between, you know, this, there's this, and you know, we got Master and Apprentice. In that in the 16 to 25, you know, mm-hmm. but there's plenty of time in between that, you know. We've got, I think, the year on Mandalore is the big not the elephant in the room, but it's like the the prize, the, the golden goose, like the thing I think Obi Wan fans probably want more than anything else. We need is that story. And we all kind of know what happened. But like, we would like it. We would like it. Like the Jedi on a year-long mission. Yeah. Like, it's like, that's it's crazy to me. Like, what were they doing for an entire year? And it's not just like a year-long mission, like where it's a campaign and you're touching base and you're going back and forth. Like, what is it going to say? Like, literally hand to mouth. Like, they are on Mandalore and they're not going anywhere and they're not getting yeah. help and there's no contact with the temple. And they've got a duchess with them on the run. Like, what does that year look like? Yeah. And I mean, it would be great to see like more Mandalorian culture, see what they are before Satine took over, Mm -hmm. you know, and made it a peaceful, you know. I think somebody on one of our live streams like way back when was saying like Mandalore is the world that people like we would find most relatable because it's not like a single climate location. Yeah. Like Tatooine or Endor. So, 
and they, they have different like religions and different beliefs and different groups and it feels the most earth-like. So I feel like that would be a very interesting scope for a storyteller. Yeah. And there's, explore. we know there's a bunch of different moons and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like Concordon, Concordon, um, Crow's Nest. And these are like moons surrounding Mandalore right. too. So, I mean, they, they weren't like just in the city citadel, like, the entire time yeah. i'm guessing they visited the moons and you know went all, all around way. and and they got to make corky kenobi canon like it's canon um i mean i know it's canon but dave filoni's like afraid to make it canon canon but somebody else should make it canon canon i cannot believe that man like he did it like he's like and he told sam Whitner, and he's like i can't say it sam's like i can't say it but but we know we, we know, know Sam. Thank you, Sam. So, yes, we basically we would like the Mandalore story. We would like Xanatos. I'm saying we. I don't think Candace wants Xanatos back. There's too many grumpy boys in this. There's not enough grumpy boys. Give um, me some grumpy girls. I mean, listen, Bant could be plenty grumpy if we brought her back. Mm -hmm. Dance, like, I almost died for you, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And what happened? You started paying more attention to Siri and forgot about our friendship. Mm -hmm. Dance could be plenty grumpy. Mm -hmm. I would be if I was her. I wanted to be Bant when I was little. Because of that one sample chapter I had in my novelization. I was like, oh my god. She's friends with Obi-Wan. I could be friends with Obi-Wan. I don't know. Don't ask me to explain eight-year-old Arzu's brain. I simply couldn't. <sighs> All right. So, last thoughts on Padawan. Highly recommend, it. even though we spoiled it all. <laughs> read it again. If, yeah, you, read if it you're again. listening to this, I assume you read it, so you should read it again. Yeah. Alrighty, on that note, Candace, where can everybody find you online? Um, the best place to find me is on Twitter at Candace is a Geek. All right. As for me, you can find me personally on Twitter at Arzu Amin. You can find this podcast on Twitter at Space Waffles Pod. And you can find our network on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle. We are the geeky waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And we are at thegeekywaffle.com. That's where we have all of our book reviews, regular reviews, TV stuff, all of our shows. Go check that out as well as patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle. And that's where we post things like our waffles after dark. So thank you all so much for listening. Sad Obi-Wan summer has officially come to a close and may the waffles be with you. <laughs>